0: Everyone feeling awake? No, we're not awake. Well, my name's Phil, the pastor here, and it's great to be a part of the team and with you this morning. Uh, we're on a, we're we're in the middle of a series, probably coming towards the end uh, about prayer. You know, when you come out of the summer, everyone's got that kind of lag or that fog or that summer fog where you're just out of routine. Uh, and the best way to start is to get back into the the basics of our faith which is is prayer, to be in communication with a God that loves us and and it was just beautiful at the end of worship there, uh, just singing holy, you know when we really grasp that God is holy uh, and he's great and he's awesome, uh, it it just changes our posture and did you enjoy that worship this morning? Yeah? Yeah? Come on, put our hands together for the worship team. Doing a, a phenomenal job. It's just something about worship. And, and, and last week, uh, we talked about... Uh, the, 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 a lot of us have probably done this in school. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Yeah, you've done that. And, and unfortunately, when you've done that in maybe school, it's a good ritual, but sometimes you lose... The meaning, and actually, when you say that prayer, it reminds you of something that feels dead, not alive. But actually, we we dug into that a little bit, and we looked at how our Father. If we can see God as a Father, we see His goodness. And then, Who art in heaven? If we see that, if we truly understand that God is in heaven, His greatness. So we know His goodness, we know His greatness, and then, Hallowed be Thy name, His glory. And so when we pray that, what we're really doing is we're realigning ourselves to see God as a a good father, but he's also great in your situation. God is good enough, he's great enough to change it, to shift it, to change your heart. But it's also about his glory. And when you get those three things in line as you start your day, as you live your life, something shifts. Blind eyes become be able to see. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen? There we go. Come on. Let's get fired up. And so, and so for those of you that maybe, maybe it's your first time here, you haven't been here in a while, we're about to launch here in about five, six weeks. Um, we actually just put a video out last week, and, and we just got a phenomenal response. It was at one of our life stories, and we had a 14,500 um, views um and, and maybe 80 to 100 people liking the page just from that it's just an unbelievable and here's the best part most of the people that shared the video <laughs> aren't churchgoers at all uh you know they're from a completely different background people from catholic protestant backgrounds and i just love that cuz you know we're a church that wants to reach both all you know if there's muslims in the community we want to reach them too and just you either believe in Jesus or you don't and so I had actually people coming to me and someone had been tagged in the video a guy had went through a hard time just um, him and his wife had just kind of broke up it got messy and he actually uh, contacted me and said he'd probably be at church because of the video one of his friends tagged him and said this looks like a place that you would want to go to meaning it looks like a place that accepts crazy people yeah like me. Can I get an amen? Does anyone feel they're a little bit crazy? Come on, if you're honest with yourself, on the surface, everyone thinks you're normal. But underneath it, you know. You know. And so I think, it's, it's to me, that's what the church should always be. We're all, we're all saved by grace. <laughs> you know what that means? We're all crazy. There's all, we've all got a part of us that is not perfect. For all have fallen short, and so what if we could have a church where crazy people can come to and feel accepted before they behave, (laughs) before they get their life in order? What if we could have a church that accepts people for who they are and not what they do? Because that's the message of the gospel. That's the message that Jesus came to give, and that's the message that changes people because it's a message that, that pierces the heart. It gets to the heart. Whereas if we keep talking about surface stuff, we never get to the heart because everyone's trying to be good enough to get to God. Amen. And so this morning I want to talk to you um, about a prayer that works because so often we pray and we feel, is God even hearing me? Does praying even work? What's the point in praying? It's just stupid. You know, talking to nothing. What's the point? Well, my job this morning here is to convince you that prayer works. My job here this morning is to convince you that prayer is, has always been working and still works today. Um, and just before that, um, we're about to go into a season also where we have groups. Why? Because you, it's okay to come here for occasional praise and, and worship once a week, and that's great. And I really feel like if you want to really get spiritually healthy and fit and, 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 and close to God, you've got to be a regular... You've got to attend... Gatherings, You've got to meet with family. You've got to meet with friends. If you, if you apply the same principle to the gym, you want to get fit, but you went once a month, <laughs> are you going to get fit? Or, or you even went once a week? You probably need to be in, in a fitness community a few times a week to really maintain fitness. The same applies with Christianity, with, with a relationship with God. You need to be speaking with God daily. You need to be active daily. You need to be coming together daily. I'm absolutely terrible at working out by myself, I've figured. I've always played football in groups and gatherings. And as I started, because I'm no longer playing football, I tried to work out by myself. It's terrible. The pain is too much. I see Ross down at the gym there, and he's just judging the life out of all my techniques and exercises. And even what my, my outfit, he's judging that too. And because he's perfectly coordinated. Blue, black, you know, the shoes are blue and... Top's blue and black. Sears man. If you want to get connected in a gathering, Ross is a running group on a, on a Saturday morning, right Ross? Listen. <laughs> Listen, if Ross hears that you're into fitness at all, you'll get an invite, I promise you today. But but gatherings are so important being around people that you can do life with. It keeps you fit, it keeps you encouraged. And so as we go into a season of groups, we're going to have potentially a volleyball group once a month, um, probably in the senior high. Carl's going to run that, all being well. Um, he just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> no, he does. That. I spoke with him on Friday. Um, we're not in force here. And then we're going to have a married group. Uh, Jude and Tim are going to run a married group in, in Lisburn, married and couples. So, so, and then uh, some of the guys might be hanging out Uh, Nathan, some of the guys might be hanging out in Belfast some of the the students up there and some of the guys that are in and around that area uh, have a Belfast group it could be just a hangout I'll probably have some sort of group at my house uh, for just whoever all the crazies can come to me don't put anyone else off you can come to me, I'll I'll deal with it Um, we'll walk you through that slowly Uh, and then Peter and Cherith are going to do a group where they, they kind of have a meal and then have a study group um, and then I think Ian and Liz are going to have a group for the more mature ones, right? People with them. Seriously. <laughs> All the wisdom will come from that group, okay? Um, and so, well, there's no really whoever wants to go. But, uh, and so groups, I would love... I honestly believe everyone needs to be in some sort of group because this relationship... God is a, a relational God. We are relational people. You need to be in a group. We're hopefully going to start a youth connect uh, soon as well, uh, a youth group where we just meet up once a week uh, and maybe start doing things like going bowling, different things like that. So, so that's we're going to start um, forming those things. And then we're, even with the kids team and stuff, um, just starting to grow things, are starting to fall into place. So we're five, six weeks out. And, and really what we've done over the last five six months it takes time i don't like it that it takes time but god is more of a slow cooker than he is a microwave i hate that what are you doing god but he knows better and he's smarter than me thank goodness because i would have messed the whole thing up and so uh he laughed there and so this morning i I want to talk to you about a prayer that works It says in James 5 and 16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That means a prayer that works. So how do we get a prayer that works? I'm going to go through some scientific facts because some of us just struggle to believe sometimes and sometimes we need some evidence, yeah? Faith is the evidence. When faith works, there's evidence, there's, there's a substance that comes from it. And so I looked at some of the stuff on the internet and some studies that have been do- done scientifically. Um, and scientists came back and told us that people who pray are more healthy and live longer. There was actually one person who was deaf and mute at birth. And, and when, when they heard 100 decibels through their eardrums, there was no response, there was no reaction. But after prayer, when, after being prayed for at 60 decibels, there was a reaction. That was a scientific approach. It was actually done like a study. Prayer changed something. Prayer worked. Um, scientists have started to say about, you know, you've heard it for many years, about placebo effects. Because placebo effects are when th- there's someone gets the medicine and then someone doesn't, but actually because they believe they might have something, there's been an effect Or a change, or actually the same results as the medicine itself. You know what that really is—the placebo effect. That's faith. That's actually believing that something could happen. And so, because the placebo effect occurs, what that means is when you have faith, it changes, it moves, it shifts things. And so, there's a statement that came out of the kind of the scientific or the science industry. It says, "Faith healing shouldn't work, but it does." Faith healing shouldn't work, but it does. That's a statement that they've made because they can't. it doesn't make sense. Um, other studies have shown um, that actually a study that was done with uh, women with in, infid- infidelity who couldn't have a baby, um, that people who prayed were, 50, were twice as likely to change that as people who didn't. So there's basically 50% of the people who prayed ended up having a baby when science told them they couldn't. That's crazy. That's outrageous. I'm not, that's not, I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't even got to the Bible yet. It also says it proves self-control. German study showed that prayer uh, helped people to perform better under, uh, under uh, pressurized conditions. It, it enhances relationship. Uh, praying for a friend or a partner creates a, a level of forgiveness come on can anyone do with some of that you need some forgiveness praying scientifically helps you to forgive people and also it actually helps uh, uh, you've heard a partner that prays together stays together it actually scientifically helps build trust when when someone is actually praying for another person prayer changes things in, in your psyche, in your soul, in your mind. It's changing physical matter in your brain as you pray. And if you don't pray for someone, maybe you should start. And then let's get to the other side. Uh, it improves ability to cope with stress. 96% of people use, this doesn't even make sense, 96% of people supposedly use prayer as a stress reliever. But yet, I thought there was atheists. And there's people who didn't believe in God. Um, for prayer uh, actually helps increase disease-fighting uh, atoms and cells within your body. So people with arthritis, infertility, cancer, blood pressure—it's actually seen that there's a significant increase in disease-fighting cells within your body as you pray. This is this is proven. It combats depression. It releases. Uh, Hormones that combats depression. Six, it helps control pain. It, it, it was proven that, that a group with, uh, that prayed 20 minutes a day to a group that didn't, um, whatever they were testing, the group that prayed had less migraines and headaches. And lastly, it promotes a longer life. It tested 4,000 senior citizens, and it promoted a longer life. So, so a prayer that works so how do we get into this way of praying how do we pray well we, we learned last week our father god you're good who is in heaven god you're great in my situation god you can do all things god this seems impossible but i know that you're bigger you're greater and then the glory but god not my will but your will be done i take the weight off myself and so you know i was in I was in a restaurant there the other day with a friend and uh, I was about to order stuff and I, I, as I was ordering, I'd just finished and they're like, hey, it's on me. Have you ever had that? Hey, it's on me. Just use my name. If you just say, I'm paying for it, you'll not have to. And so I was like, well, if you had told me that before, I could have got my lunch for every day of the week. I would have ordered the steak and not the burger. I would have maybe got the smoothie instead of the water. (laughs) If you had told me that before, I might have acted differently. I might have approached the situation differently. I might have actually experienced more food, richer food, better food. I might have actually had a more enjoyable experience. If I had known that it was on you, if I had known that it was on your name, if I had known the tab was on you, I would have ordered more. I would have done more. I'd experienced more. And see, the first thing with a prayer is that an effective prayer, an effective prayer is one where you realize that it's not on you. You see, the same way I went into that restaurant and and my friend said it's on him is the same way that Jesus... The Bible says when we pray, we, we pray in Jesus' name. The tab is on him. And when you realize that the tab is not on your behavior, on your performance, on how good you are... You can come to Jesus anytime, what you experience is so much better. What you order is so much better. Oh, but God, I can't go and minister to this person because I, I don't have the money. I don't have the resource, I don't have the value. The, I don't have what it takes in me. It's not in my bank, my spiritual bank, to be able to buy the smoothie. Oh I can't go and minister to that person at school or at work because I'm not good enough. That's why it's in Jesus' name. That's why it's it's on Him. His resources are endless. He resources you with the power that you need. Oh, but but, but my behavior hasn't been good, so I haven't put much money in the spiritual bank this this week, so I can't afford to, to minister to this person. I can't afford to invite this person to church because I haven't earned it. I don't have the money in the bank Do you hear me? How often do we do we not fulfil God's plan for our life, God's mission for our life, God's purpose on our life because we don't feel good enough, we don't feel we've earned it, we don't feel worthy? I've got news for you this morning: is that Jesus paid for it? You can use His name. You can use the price that He paid. It's not about how good you are. It's not about h- h- how much you've earned. Because that's self-righteousness. That's you trying to do it on your own. That, but Jesus said, do it in my name. You can't heal anyone. You can't pray for anyone in your own strife and expect, to, expect there to be breakthrough. You're not perfect enough. You're not holy enough. You don't have enough faith in yourself, you know who you are. You know how often you feel. But if you can learn to do it in Jesus' name. Oh boy. Get me the steak. I want the smoothie. I, I definitely want the dessert. Sticky toffee pudding with two scoops of ice cream. You see, if we had that attitude in our life, and you realize it was paid for, you would act differently. Oh, there's growth track after. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to go to it. I'm too scared. I'm not good enough. I, you know, I don't have the money. The spiritual money I'm talking about. You don't have to pay for it. It's free. There's free drinks too. It's on the tab. Aria tab. It's paid for. An effective prayer starts by understanding it's in Jesus' name. It isn't based on our own authority, but the authority of the written word. Sorry, Dylan, I'm all over the show here a wee bit here. I've just realized Dylan's going to be having a heart attack. It's in Ecclesiastes 4 and 12. <clears throat> though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. So what that means is just the same idea of groups. When we come together, when it's God, us, and people, one, two, three, it's not easily broken. That's why it's so important. If you're struggling in areas of your life, if you can get into group settings, if you can Get around people. Sure, with God, but sure, with people, there's a three-chord strand. It's not easily broken. But the same thing also applies to your prayer. What does it say? An effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, works much, has success. If we can get those three chords in line, working together, effective, fervent and righteous together, we're going to see God move. And so the first thing you need to understand is that you are righteous. It's on the tab. Jesus paid for it. It's in Jesus' name. It says in John 15 and 7, If my word abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. It shall be done for you. You know there's a lot of people um, we talk about there's a lot of people we talk about we want God to move and why is God not answering this prayer and you know we're, we're wondering what's going on but actually a, a prayer that works is a prayer that's aligned with the word a prayer that works isn't just your own idea or trying to fit God into your picture. You know, I've heard people talk about it, you know, God, can you, can, Phil, can, can I, God's not moving in my relationship with this other person. But, yet, but the person is not a Christian or the person is not walking in the same way as them. And the Bible very clearly says that we shouldn't be unequally yoked. That we should, you know, it's, it's simple. If, if two cannot walk, if we're not in agreement to go out that door, one, and you want to go there and I want to go there, well, then we're, we're going two separate ways. So God can't bless that. God can't move in that prayer because there, there, there's a division of, there's a division, there's two visions. If you want to walk with God and the other person doesn't, well, there's, there's a core value. There's a core problem. And so an effective prayer is a prayer that is word based it's surrendered to the word it's based upon the word it's not based upon our own ideas you want God to move in your situation well first look at the word what does God what has God already said stop asking God to do something when maybe he's already first said something in his written word and let's come into a line with that now this is tricky. It's different if you're already, if you get saved while you're with someone or you're in a relationship, you're married, the Bible says clearly that you should stay with them, obviously, because it's the written word. And then you can ask God to come in. But if you're, if you're only dating or you're only starting that process, or you're maybe with a group of friends and you've got a bunch of friends, and God, I just feel like every time I write, God, can you move in this situation? Yes, God can use you to reach them, to bring them to church, but some of us may, may need to disconnect from friends who are going a different direction because they will influence you. I think we should have always a bit of both. I think we should always, we should have a stable base of Christian friends, people who are going the same direction, but we should also be in touch, in connection with unbelievers and people who don't believe in God. I think we should have a balance, but our foundation should be over here. Amen? Amen? And so an effective prayer is an effective prayer isn't based on our own authority, but the authority of the written word. The authority of the written word. And then it, it goes on to say so we've got the righteousness of God. We are righteous, not because of what we have done, but because of who He is. And so as we approach God with a mindset that we're righteous then what happens is all of that old kind of those voices in your head saying you're not good enough that's okay i'm not you can agree with it and say yeah i'm not but but it's in jesus name and then an effective prayer is a word-based prayer it's a a bible-based prayer it's not a prayer based on our own ideas or trying to create our own kingdom or trying to do our own thing it's saying right god what have you already said i'm surrendered to your word I'm going to honor your word. And then I'm going to ask you to come into the situation as I align first with your word. And lastly, a fervent prayer. A fervent prayer is talking about passion. And so it isn't sometimes we think, well, how do we get passionate? How do we get fired up? How do we get excited about God? How do we get excited? Sometimes we think we have to artificially um, kind of generate that. And we go to this kind of like, right, I just need to get excited. No, 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 no. Fervency begins with surrender. Because a passion for God doesn't happen naturally by your own strength. It, it, it's not a strength issue. It's not something that you're trying to, to achieve. You see, it's the whole different mindset of grace or works. We always start with grace. You cannot achieve passion. Passion is something that you need to receive first and it, it, it begins with surrender because it's, it's about access. You see, this whole a prayer that works things. everything that we're talking about here is about access. Last week we talked about how do we access heaven to earth. It's about knowing that you're not enough, that Jesus was enough, that you'll never be enough. You'll you'll never be perfect enough. You'll never perform well enough. So take the pressure off yourself. Because God sent Jesus to pay that price so that you can become enough in Jesus' name. So that when you pray and when you go to to whatever sphere of influence that you have when you go home, you you can still walk with God imperfectly. People can still come into the church, haven't went out. this is what happens, and it frustrates me so much. Someone could have went some of you guys have probably been out last night, took a few too many. OK? And the natural reaction is this. and so often we've experienced this in churches, I can't go today. I, can't, I don't want to go to church today. I don't want to go into the community of faith today. You know why? Because you feel bad? You feel shame. You don't feel good enough. But I tell you what, this is why we need a church full of grace. Because that's exactly when you need to come to church. That's exactly when God wants to meet with you. That's exactly when Jesus meets you, right where you are at. But the natural desire is to, what did Adam and Eve do in the garden? when they felt shame, when God showed up and God's presence was there, they, they ran and hid themselves. They felt shame at their nakedness. And that's why Jesus had to come. And that's why when we walk with Jesus and He's our righteousness, and we, the Bible says, clothe yourself with, with Jesus. Clothe yourself with righteousness. Put on your shirt of Righteousness. Righteousness is not something that you've earned. It's a free gift. What's going to hold you back from walking forward in your life with God is not being able to put on the shirt, on the jeans, on the shoes of righteousness. It's not learning to put it on because guilt, shame, failure will haunt you, will come. I promise you, if you've not been offended yet, it's coming. If you have not been hurt yet, it's common. If you haven't experienced resentment or unforgiveness yet, it's coming. I'm sorry. It's just life. But if we can learn to put on righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus, then what happens is you can learn to forgive people that don't deserve it. You can free yourself from resentment even when people don't deserve it. Why? Because we don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I don't have the money in the bank to buy the smoothie, to buy the steak and live that kind of life, sparsely speaking. But Jesus does. My heavenly Father is a millionaire. Jesus paid the price for all sin. You see in Romans 8 and 33, it talks about how, how, how for those who love God and are called according to His purpose, God has dealt with it. Your past mistakes, your past shame, your past brokenness, your present shame, the, the mistakes you made right now, your thoughts you're having that, are, that you should be thinking that, that God wouldn't say about you. You're thinking thoughts about yourself that are causing you to be depressed. God wants to bring that into realignment as you pray prayers that are word based, that are effective, because they're based on the word, not based on your feelings, not based on how you, you, you think in the moment or because of a situation. If we can begin to get righteous, not by our own strength, but by the word. But by what Jesus done for us, He came to set us free. And I, then when we're righteous, God, I thank you, you're good. That you love me. I'm righteous not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus done on the cross. Then I move on to an effective prayer. An effective part of the prayer, there's three chords I'm, I'm showing you here, the three chords. So righteousness, effective. God, I pray, what does the Word say? God, I submit myself to the Word. The Word became flesh. It's, it, the word is here to set me free to guide me in the way of life you see some of you are like but I thought this was about freedom you see as Christians we walk in a confined freedom well what does that look like well sometimes we think freedom is just I just want to do what I want when I want are you, are you kidding me okay work away forget about the rules just go and drive all over the road as you like you know Put the accelerator down. Go whatever speed you want. You can go over the the hard shoulder if you want. Don't, Don't stop at the traffic lights. Do what you want. Don't pay your taxes. What would society look like if we had that kind of freedom, the kind of freedom that you think you want? It would be chaos. It would be broken. There would be all kinds of dysfunction, even more so than we have now. You see, God's way of life is to bring you freedom, but it's more like a path than it is an open playing field. And a path has boundaries. It's like a narrow path. You can go off the path, but it's God's grace that will keep you on it. And And so we have righteousness, we have effectiveness, and then we have fervency. And fervency is all about the glory of God that when we begin to surrender our lives to the glory of God, that God, I live for your glory, not for myself, because pride kicks up when we're trying to figure life out by ourselves. When we're trying to live life for ourselves, it doesn't end well. It doesn't end well in the short term and also in the long term. Jesus came and he brought warnings about heaven and hell. I don't understand it all, but it makes sense there's people going through hell right now on earth. They're hopeless. They're broken. But if we get our eyes off of ourselves and put our eyes and fix them onto Jesus, somehow, way, we move forward. Somehow, someway, prayer begins to change situations in our lives. Not just physical eyes can see, but spiritual eyes begin to see. We have a mission here to seek and save those that were lost. We've already seen people's lives changed here. And they're using the words. I feel saved. I feel I feel God's done something significant in my life that I want to give my life to this, this cause. That, that, that's not that, that's a significant outcome. That's significant life change. Jesus didn't just come. The, the story of Jesus is ridiculous. It changed humanity forever. It changed his sto- history forever. The most well-known man on the earth is Jesus. That's abnormal. He deserves to at least be questioned. Let's look into, what, is He still present? Are the prayers that we pray, we're praying still working Well, what if we had a group of people that began to activate their faith, began to walk in the ways of Jesus? It's so easy to run around trying to find fulfillment for our own glory. But I'm telling you, it lasts for a while. But it'll take your life on a course and you'll end up somewhere you don't want to be. And so the question I have for you now can you commit to pray? A 3 chord strand is not easy broken. Come on, you've got it in you to pray prayers that see breakthrough. I don't care what age you are. I don't care. Listen, it's a childlike faith that we need. I've heard so many stories of how when children come and pray, just with genuine belief, because that's all they know, and people being healed, and and shifts starting to happen in people's lives, some of us are carrying weight right now. You need to pray. You need someone to pray for you. Ask any of us because what prayer works? But a, a prayer that works is it when we understand that we are saved by grace, not by strength. We're, we're righteous because of Jesus, we're effective because of the word that was written, and, and we're passionate because it's about His glory and not ours. We get our eyes off of ourselves stop trying to work life all out for yourself and I'm telling you God just does something when you surrender a personal story for me you know, I went through some stuff can you tell? it's like yeah Phil we know you went through some stuff you're a mess but you know I remember in an era of my life and just kind of going through it, it took me probably a decade to kind of find breakthrough and I kept trying to glorify myself I kept trying what does that look like? It doesn't mean I'm out trying to parade around, trying to impress him. Well, maybe part of it I was, yeah. And I, I would never let go. I was always trying different methods, trying to work it out. What if I do this? or If I go here I, I, and I try this, and it, I promise you for 10 years it never worked. I just wasted my time and other people's. Within a week, when I surrendered, when I made it about God, I was like, listen, God, just have your way I don't understand I let go I give up if this is the way it's going to be that's it and within a week I had breakthrough but the the hardest part is getting to the breakthrough letting go I'm telling you God has got breakthrough for people in this place this morning but it's going to look like that opening up your hand releasing control God is going to meet with you in a place of prayer but it's going to look like understanding that you're righteous because of Jesus it's going to look like realigning your life with the word of God and what it's already said and it's going to look like giving glory to God and not trying to build yourself up, not trying to impress other people and surrendering to his way, amen let's go ahead and stand